Welcome in episode 138, What's Right with Nick Wright. Demonze is back. He has a few shows left with us, but maybe there's we're not sure when they're going to be until he moves to L.A. and then is off for a bit and then is back late summer, uh, at least back on the show. But a proud parent moment for me, if I may. Three kids and Demonze just got back from Los Angeles where he found an apartment, signed a lease, got ready for his whole new life in L.A., five minutes, living five minutes from work, which in L.A. is such a win. Yeah. So I was was following someone on Twitter yesterday that showed that uh, the the drive from Santa Monica to Hollywood at some time yesterday, the drive was 30 minutes longer than the bike ride. Because the traffic was so bad. I believe And it. you're in a spot. So Demonze doing big things, just shy of his 25th birthday. His youngest sister, Deanna, fresh off being cast as Annie in Annie at her school <laughs> for her school uh, theater uh, for their big theater event. She just got cast without, well, I, she just got cast as Charlotte in Charlotte's Web. In their next production, and Demonte's middle sister is living her best. I mean, you know, let's just be honest. Want to be rich New York City kid life, <laughs> having gone from Cabo to Aruba, and is currently on the bus to her friend's house in the Hamptons, where she's yeah. spending the weekend <laughs> before she goes off to college. So all the kids doing great. Demonze's younger sister, not the youngest, but the one you guys have not seen yet, is the one who over the next few weeks is going to be sitting in Demonze's seat because her bougie school has decided that for seniors at this part of the school year don't need to go to school anymore. Tuition stays the same, believe it or not, (laughs) but they do something called bridge where they do like professional things. So Diora is going to be hosting the show alongside me for a few weeks. But let's get right to the show. It's great to have you back. Good to be back. Here's what is not on today's show. Baseball opening day. Missed the cut. Got (laughs) to tell you, my apologies. Kind of snuck up on me here, but it missed the cut. A $6 billion bid for the Washington Commanders. Two $6 billion bids, which, as my buddy Kevin Wilde said, uh, mean six billion is not enough. If two people will pay it, then somebody's got to pay more. Speaking of my buddy Kevin Wilds, so I got to, well, and also light the beam, Sacramento ending the playoff drought. That is going to find its way into the show at some point. There's DeMonze, uh, top of a Sacramento sign with a beam coming out of his chest. You're watching us on YouTube. <laughs> I would like to say something about Kevin Wilds. So Kevin Wilds went on the Bill Simmons podcast which is the biggest sports podcast in the world. He's gone on it for years, and he does a thing called Half-Baked Ideas, and they're very funny, typically. So one of his Half-Baked Ideas was uh, if you're going out to a bar or a football game or anywhere people might want to fight and you don't want to fight, a product called Detachable Cauliflower Ear that you put on, you know what cauliflower yeah, ear is? That the UFC fighters have? Make it seem like you're a fighter. Exactly right. <laughs> you walk in, and before you walk in, you put it on there. Like It was a really funny, I thought, good idea. Another one of his half-baked ideas was a barber dentist. 
which was every time you go to the he's that when you get your hair cut at the barbershop, you also get a teeth cleaning. That way the dentist doesn't yell at you for not having clean teeth and you don't have to talk to anybody. So that was a good idea. But those are his types of half-baked ideas. Snuck into the middle of Kevin Wilde's half-baked idea was this take. And I quote, what about this, Bill? Challenge bait in the NFL. Well, what's that, Kevin? And this was the example he used. Do you remember the NFC Championship game? Devontae Smith caught the ball but didn't actually catch the ball and then yeah. did that signal, which was to his team, saying, I didn't catch it, let's hurry up. Teams coaching their guys when they know they caught it to have a separate signal start freaking out rush to the line to get the other team to challenge. I feel like you said something about that a while ago. Oh, you feel like I did. Oh, yeah. It's because I did. <laughs> it's because the day after that game, I gave that exact <laughs> idea, calling it challenge bait and saying that teams would do it eventually. Yeah, was Kevin Wilds, two months later, does it on a podcast with 10XR subscribers, and now he gets credit for it. I didn't know that was where you were going with that. I feel like I said something like that. Yeah, because I said something like that about that exact moment. (laughs) I have to look this guy in the eye and do tell him. Out here stealing my stuff and not even doing it just so shamelessly. Because, again, all his other, one of his, you know what another one of his half-baked ideas was? A Roomba. You know what a Roomba is? One of those robotic vacuums. Oh, yeah. A Roomba that has... On top of it, like uh, a doll that looks like one of those girls from The Shining that goes around your house at night. So in case anyone ever breaks in, they freak out and think (laughs) you have ghosts. They're all very funny. They're all very good ideas. They all also have nothing to do with sports. And they all, except for the one (laughs) that he took from me. All right, let's get to the show, Demonze. Sorry, Wilds, but that's unacceptable. You and and me. You and me, we're done professionally. We're done. Go ahead. All right. So the Lamar fiasco continues. Yeah. And it's getting pretty strange, man. You think? Him, him not having an agent is no excuse for teams not wanting him, if we're being truthful. Okay. Now he's on Twitter constantly causing a ruckus. Logical teams like Atlanta and Washington are openly passing on him. Mm-hmm. Could he end up forcing himself out of the league entirely? Okay, that seems extreme. Very extreme. It is not off the board because he could he could sit out this year he could sit out this year so there's so much here first let me say this lamar needs better people around yeah for a number of reasons one is he sent out these tweets that and i don't want to be rude but they're not well crafted messages if you are trying to Interview, essentially, for jobs across the league. Now, I understand some might say his interview process is turn on the film. I get that. But quarterback is the most public-facing position for a franchise. And especially if you have any holes in your game or any concerns, folks are going to nitpick everything. And... There is an, a very unfair, but it is reality, of a double standard of how we evaluate still to this day black quarterbacks and whether people question their processing and all this stuff. 
which ultimately is just questioning their intelligence. And Lamar's poorly phrased tweets do not help him there. Right. Let me tell you, nothing doesn't help him. He said, check out my fan page. This is Lamar Jackson's website. I'm just going to show it to you, Demonze. It does not look like a website of a of multi-million a, of a multi man. exactly right. <laughs> if you were uh, his about me page on the website has accolades like two-time Pro Bowler, League MVP, just bullet points. Uh, college is the only play. Like this is not. This is. This as, makes me feel so bad for Lamar. Doesn't it? <laughs> That's what I, when I say. It, it, listen, I couldn't design a website. By right. the way, if I oh, designed a website, some type of team. You gotta have a team around you. Yeah. And the team around him that he evidently has is this dude, his 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 business partner Ken, who the, the was reported was calling teams on his behalf, even though he's not an agent. Lamar said he's not calling teams. By the way, he and I are releasing the entire gym which is just like a portable gym setup, and that's his business partner. Lamar also promised an interview with Big Trust Productions. That an interview hasn't come. He's not handling this properly. He And by, again, this is not me coming, and then I'll talk about the NFL side of it, because I, 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 think, I think so many people are botching this in so many directions, right? The, the Ravens, other teams, and Lamar. The other, I am not coming down on him in a judgmental way. It is more advice. Like, people that think they can be experts at multiple things are usually fooling themselves. So I will use myself as an example. I don't really understand how finances, investments, taxes, any of that stuff works. I've, I've never studied it. I've never taken the time. I, I have a very base level understanding. of I pay somebody. <laughs> Matt says they can tell from all my tax bets. Fair enough. <laughs> ah, that came out fine in the end, boys. I, maybe you guys don't remember 27 nothing. I remember 27 nothing quite well. Uh, that I pay somebody to handle all of that for me because I don't know how to do it. I, now that is risky in its own regard. You have to, a lot of athletes, when that happens, those people can steal money from them. You got to monitor it and you got to have right. some level of understanding to make sure you're not being, you know, swindled. Squeezed. Yeah. Um, but there are certain, your mom has built this entire store designed every piece of it has done a, we do the store from we do the show for my wife's boutique in Harlem called Trentage it's beautiful she is not great at promotion social media stuff right she hired somebody to run that for the store mm -hmm. someone who that's what they're an expert in now life is much much harder obviously if you don't have the financial resources to farm out these things. But if you do, and you are trying to maximize your value and all of this, it's almost your responsibility to farm it out. And it'd be one thing if it's like, nope, I can do all of it and I'm handling this perfectly. He's not. 
And I do wish he had better people around him. Yeah. Sorry to, you know, football topic already invoke LeBron, but one of the smartest things LeBron ever did was get the people around him that he trusts the most in the world, identify what their specific talents were, use his resources to get them trained in those fields, and then have those people run his empire. Maverick was always a super sharp guy. Maverick uh, and him were tight. They, Maverick was a senior. LeBron was freshman. They won a state championship title together. Maverick went on to play some college basketball. Maverick went to go work for Nike, learn, I think it was Nike, learn about a lot of meet with very rich, very powerful people, learn what he needed to learn. And Maverick is a brilliant guy. And now Maverick has helped build LeBron's empire. LeBron met Rich Paul in a parking lot when Rich was hustling throwback jerseys. He understood that Rich had a lot of the best traits you need to be an agent. Rich went and worked for LeBron's agent at CAA, learned the the business part of that business, Mm -hmm. took his natural skills, and then LeBron empowered him to go help start his own agency, which is now one of the best in the world. That is... One of the reasons he's never had any real public missteps is he has these people around him that can help protect him so he can focus on, as he says, keep the main thing the main thing. I I know it sounds uh, like almost silly, but any of the top, top level athletes can either follow the traditional path of hiring people that are already established or LeBron's path of making your own people the established people trying to go it alone especially when you are also trying to thread the needle of in your prime franchise quarterback changing teams or getting a fully guaranteed deal it's too much it's it's too much go ahead yeah but i think it's i i I get that he hasn't hired people but i still think it's crazy that Okay, we're not going to hire Lamar Jackson because his PR team or his negotiating skills aren't great. You know that Lamar Jackson's good at football. Okay. So it's just like. So that is where I feel like everyone else has botched this. So let's do the Ravens and the rest of the league. The Ravens, as I've mentioned before, they've been negotiating with Lamar Jackson for 25 months. Deshaun Watson got his deal 13 months ago. So they had a full year when the same draft class, Josh Allen got a new deal. When it three years in is when you give a guy a new deal, a full year before fully guaranteed was ever on the board when you could have signed Lamar Jackson. They didn't. They now have soured the relationship to a point to where they might lose a 26-year-old in his prime, unquestioned top 10 quarterback. We can argue about, ah, would you rather have Lamar or Trevor? You want to argue? You, well, quick, Aaron Rodgers got picked up after well, having Lamar Jackson had a better season than, than Aaron Rodgers when he was in the game. He obviously got hurt. There's no question. But it's about like it. he got picked up immediately, and he was calling the shots. So there's no now, and he's ten years, he thirteen years older. Right, bad season. Now he's not as expensive as Lamar's going to be. So here's the other part of it. I do, and my buddy Danny Parkins, who does radio in Chicago and also a great podcast called First and Pod, makes this point, and this point is correct. The single most expensive way to acquire talent in the NFL 
is trade for a player who's not on your team and give him the new contract. You're paying the top of the market contract and you're giving up draft picks, right? It's so it's the most expensive way to get talent. The way the the Dolphins got Tyreek Hill is the most expensive way to get a top flight receiver. I'm going to pay you more than any receiver and I'm going to give up draft picks for the opportunity to pay you more than any receiver. The way the Broncos got Russell Wilson, the way the Browns got Deshaun Watson, right? So it is not quite, and so with Rodgers, the contract is very expensive, but it is already in place. And it's not going to be two first-round picks at a minimum, which Lamar would be. So I understand why it wouldn't be 20 teams going after him. The teams are saying that his his style of play, you know, is is risky and he'll, he'll get hurt. Mm-hmm. But like him and Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers obviously much older. How much longer does he have in the league? Oh, Aaron, Lamar Jackson, young, just got MVP a couple years ago. A hundred percent. But I also do think that if Lamar had, if he had two years left on his deal and he was going to go for probably a second round pick and ish, that that's a different, you know what I mean? That is a different situation. Yeah. But that doesn't change the fact that Carson Wentz went for a first round pick two years ago. That doesn't change the fact that I, I understand why teams don't want to do what the Browns did because everyone thinks the Browns made a bad deal. You know what I mean? But the idea that there would be no market for him, right. to me, is an example of the NFL, and this is where Lamar has to be careful. The NFL's ownership simply saying, we collectively are not crossing the Rubicon of all of these quarterbacks getting guaranteed deals. And they'll bite the bullet. And they'll we'll, just be asked out. Ex- exactly right. And that is where I think good, good management would okay. tell Lamar, hey, man, it, they are conspiring against you. Mm-hmm. The deal you want is not coming. Doesn't mean I can't get you a great deal. You know, it doesn't mean that we can find a way to get you a deal that is mostly guaranteed, a ton of protections. But the things we're hearing, like Arthur Blank, who they were all in on Deshaun Watson, saying, well, it's a different situation. You know, the, the injury risk and every game is precious. You were all in on a player that, first of all, injury risk. Deshaun has torn both ACLs. Second of all, you knew he was going to be suspended. You don't, you knew if you traded for Deshaun, he was missing time. You, could, yeah, you, sure. you know what I mean? De, Lamar might get hurt, might not get hurt. But it's not like he's already hurt and it's uh, he's going to miss the first half Somebody of the Somebody put out a tweet the other day. It's like Lamar's play style, how he's so mobile and runs around a lot. He hasn't gotten hurt like playing the way that he plays, you know? He's like gotten a hurt times on traditional he, passing. Exactly, like in, in the pocket. He never gets hurt when he's running away, he's, which I feel like speaks to his game. It, correct. I Listen. I do understand concerns of, okay, I think he's in some quarters an underrated passer, but like I think his deep ball is excellent. Stephen Ruiz wrote about this. His ability to change arm angles a la Mahomes is very good. Where Lamar is not great passing compared to the other great quarterbacks is on what I would call easy throws. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he's not as consistent on the layups as you would like a great quarterback to be. Get that. I understand that. But if we are being as negative as possible about Lamar, let's list the quarterbacks that you could 
the most quarterbacks you could say are better than him. And, and we will tie goes to the other quarterback. Okay. Patrick. Patrick. Josh. Josh. Joe. Justin. Yeah. Trevor. Again, if ties Ty, go to the right. other quarterback, and I think Trevor has it because he's the traditional backup. He has things working for him. He's younger, all right. that stuff. All right. So now we're at five. Aaron. Uh, Aaron. Aaron. Um, Jalen. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Now we're at seven. Is that the end of the list? I think it is. You want to say Stafford because he's won a Super Bowl? No, he's a massive injury risk. I don't think you can say Stafford. I don't think you can say Dak. No, not, definitely not Russell. Can't say Russell. Can't. That's the list. No. If we are being the, the you know what? Tua. May, may I? I think that now that's a no. Tie. You can't say Tua because he's the biggest injury risk right now in the league because of concussion stuff. Because you could have one more concussion, and be done with football. Daniel Jones might be a tie as well. So okay, okay. <laughs> um, but so here's the so again, at worst, he's the eighth or ninth best quarterback in football. Yeah, there should be a market, and I think there are teams like Miami, making a mistake, not considering this, mm-hmm. closing the door on the, the Miami just picked, now maybe they haven't. They just picked up to his fifth-year option. They could maybe include him in a trade. Detroit, oh, we've talked about. Indy, obviously. They're, San Francisco, money, they'd be in hell. Right. But they'd win the Super Bowl. So that, you know, I mean, at least to me. They got some problems. Yeah. <laughs> And so here is what I think is going to happen. I think that what we're going to end up seeing is the market heat up after the draft. So right now, if you try to sign Lamar Jackson and the Ravens see what you sign him to and say, okay, you can have him, you lose this year's draft pick and next year's draft pick. If you do it after the draft, you lose next year's draft pick and the year after. Doesn't it follow logic that every single team that would want Lamar Jackson would believe we're going to get much better so our first-round pick next year will be considerably worse than our first-round pick this year? So take the Colts, for instance. If they were to sign Lamar Jackson right now, they give up the fourth overall pick and next year's pick. If they're thinking we're going to sign Lamar Jackson because we're going to win the division and be in the playoffs, that'll be the 20th pick. Right. And the following year's pick. So the New England Patriots are a team that I think should be in it. The Patriots, where are they drafting? The, the, Go ahead. The, no, the Patriots are, they were 8-9. and nine, So they, they're drafting I, like 11th or 14th or something. I'll, I'll look it up real quick. I'm surprised Lamar had interest in going there, to be honest. Like, I just... I think that... See him wanting to go to, I, to New England. Man, I think players that have played against Belichick they are drafting Patriots drafting 14, have massive respect for him. Yeah. yeah. And I think Lamar looks at it like, man, that defense, that running game. That, now, if I were Lamar, I would ideally want to just go to the NFC where I could be maybe the best quarterback. And that's why Detroit. So Detroit, if I'm Detroit, I'm like, okay, I have the sixth and 18th picks this year. I can use those on premier defensive players. 
I can then trade Jared Goff for probably a second round pick Some stuff. and use my following two, you know, 2024 and 2025 first rounders to sign Lamar. And in an NFC North, who the starting quarterbacks are Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, who we'll see on, and Jordan Love, who we'll see on, can go do real damage. I think something happens here. I also wish Lamar would call up David Mulligetta, who was Deshaun Watson's agent, and say, hey, man, what'd you do? This guy was facing 23 credible lawsuits. He had not played in a full year. He had torn his ACL once already. He had won one solitary playoff game just like me. You got a bidding war that ended up with a team giving up three first-rounders and a fully guaranteed deal. Now, maybe you can't get that for me. What can you get for me? Yeah. And, by the way, I don't want to pay 3%. I want to pay 1.5%. You think David's going to say no to that? Going to say no, I got to stay true to the 3%? I don't think that. Now, I don't know David. I don't want to speak for him. But that's, to me, the best advice I could give him. Uh, That was 20 minutes. Okay, let's keep going. Go ahead. All right. Hold on, real quick. Sorry. Lamar week one next year is playing quarterback for the Ravens, is sitting out, or is on another team? He's on another team. Okay, so you do think this gets done. Yeah, and I'm rocking with whatever team he's on. That's going to be what you do? The the Lamar disrespect is crazy. I feel like he needs that one extra guy supporting him. How much? I'm with Lamar Jackson. How much of this is because you like using him in Madden? Um, I actually kind of dislike using him in Madden sometimes. Because of the errant passing at times? Yeah, dude. It gets frustrating. Yeah, yeah, well, this big Lamar Jackson guy, all these NFL GMs (laughs) listening to the show, they're like, exactly. (laughs) No, Matt, you guys are saying I'm an asshole for not giving him $200 million. You won't use him in a Madden game. You want me to put my franchise with him? All right, next. Oh, gosh. All right, Katie made his second Suns debut last night. Mm -hmm. Uh, And since coming back, LeBron has led the Lakers to a split versus Patrick Beverly. Stop it. Um, Both now have the opportunity to catch heat in the final two weeks of the season. Which team needed their star back more? Oh. You know, oddly, the Suns. Because they need to get on the court together. Right. Um, I... So there's a lot here. Before we get to any of it, did you see LeBron's post-game interview yesterday? Yeah, where he's like basically naked. <laughs> yes. So, okay. So, I mean, here, I, I should have told the producers, but there it is. I. What do you make of that? Do you think that there was... I'm trying no- to show his youth. See, I think you nailed it. <laughs> I don't think that was an accident. (laughs) LeBron is doing this interview in an undersized towel. Right. Like, thigh hanging out. out. Uh, I still got it, man. I really think that's what it is. I'm the oldest guy in the league that still plays. And I just want to remind everybody because he does weird things sometimes. Because the books, when the playoffs started in the bubble, he intentionally didn't, like, again, this is speculation, but I know I'm right. He let all the gray in his beard come in as much as, like, I've ever seen it, didn't cut it. And I think it was a psychological thing. Yeah. It was like, okay, 
oh, you guys are tired. The bubble's been tough, blah, blah, blah. I am reminding you I'm an old man and I'm going <laughs> to crush him. Yeah. And now I think he's going the other way. It's like I missed a month. I'm 38. I'm in year 20. And I'm going to do this interview basically in the nude. Yeah. A- and like make it newsworthy. Right. To where it goes places to remind everybody. Because that was not an accident. Uh, Jordan famously would never do interviews until he was clothed well but like dress the suit right earrings in everything and a lot of guys do that lebron i've seen him do these things shirtless i've never seen him like that that was noteworthy to me i don't think i've seen any player um like that in the post i haven't seen too many post game interviews but that that it it it, it hit your radar right yeah like what is going on here um all right so on durant Durant gave an interview with Shams, said he doesn't care about his legacy anymore. Everyone's just going to discredit him no matter what, all this stuff. I don't know that I fully believe him, but set that aside. Here's what I do know. I will vociferously defend Kevin Durant if they win this title and anyone tries to discredit him. This Suns team was drawing dead to win the championship zero percent they had their window had closed chris paul has moved to a different stage of his career booker's a really good player but not good enough to carry a team to a championship as you know as the unquestioned alpha without a great co-star i know they made the final (coughs) the finals two years ago and booker was the best player but he wasn't chris paul was the was the glue of that team and Booker was a way overqualified number two. Uh, and they lost anyway. The lost four straight. So I think that this is not like the Warriors at all. It's not even like the Nets when they trade for Harden and they look like, okay, they've stacked the deck. It's it's like if the Nets had won the title last year, I don't think anyone would have discredited it. And this Suns team, we have proof of concept with them. 70 games of them without Durant. They were not a championship caliber team. If he parachutes in and they win the title, he gets, to me, if they if he parachutes in and they make the finals, massive, massive credit. So I don't think that's going to happen. Now on the LeBron thing. He's a ring hitman. Well, what do you mean? If you were to if you were to win the title with him? Well, we they, Well, I guess <laughs> I mean, we've never seen we've never seen a team acquire their best player mid-season and win the title. We've seen the the defending champion Rockets acquired Clyde Drexler. So we're still saying Curry was the better one. No, they didn't acquire him mid-season. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, no, yeah. we've seen guys KG and and Ray Allen came to the Celtics, they immediately won a title. Right. We've seen that uh, we saw Anthony Davis join the Lakers. They won a title. He was the second best guy. But in the offseason, we've seen it. I'm talking about a midseason trade. Right. We we saw the 95 Rockets add Clyde. They were the defending champs. They were the sixth seed. They ended up winning the title. We saw the Pistons make a massive trade in 89 and win the title. But again, Isaiah was their best player. We've never seen Wilt was traded midseason. They didn't win. We've never seen a team get their best guy and go win the title. And 
they'd be doing it having played 10 games together. Right. So that is noteworthy on his end. The LeBron thing is fascinating because I do think the Lakers are a super dangerous team right now. Super dangerous. LeBron, AD, and D'Angelo Russell have only played three games together. They haven't lost. AD, you can't rely on him every night. But when he's good, he's an unquestioned. The, the best AD is one of the top eight guys in the league. The problem for him is he's not consistently. So his bad nights are really bad for right. a superstar. And LeBron, come the postseason, man, just manipulates every possession. Now they have a huge game Friday against the Timberwolves. And right now the Lakers are the eight seed. They're 38 and 38. The Timberwolves are 39 and 38. You win that game against the Timberwolves you move up to the seven line. The Golden State has 37 losses. You have the tiebreaker with them. The Clippers have 36 losses. You do not have the tiebreaker with them, but you do get to play them again. Could the Lakers move up out of the play-in? Possibly. Do I think it's actually incumbent upon them to do that? I do in this regard. The team I would least want to play in round one, there's no way for them to play Phoenix in round one because Phoenix is right now, they it's Phoenix can't move up. They're the four. Oh, they could drop to the five, but Phoenix can't move up to the three. And the Lakers are not going to be able to move up to the five. Right. So you know what I mean? The Lakers are going to be six, seven, eight at best. And so they're not going to be able to play Phoenix. The team I would least want to play is Memphis. Because the Lakers have no one to guard Joe. Absolutely no one to guard Joe. The team, oddly enough, I'd like to play is Denver. But because Jokic, I think, could have real, real trouble with Anthony Davis and LeBron will put him in a million pick and rolls. But the only way to play Denver is if you're in the play-in and lose your first play-in game. And then win your second one, that's how you get the eight seed. Yeah. Or I guess the other way to play Denver would be to be the in the play-in as the 9 or the 10 and then win both your play-in games. I don't think that's likely. I think the right now, if I were ranking Western Conference contenders, I would go <clears throat> Memphis 1, Lakers 2, Suns 3. I worry about Chris Paul's health and I worry about their continuity. Uh, that's how I would have it ranked. And I think the Lakers could be really well positioned. It, it's worth noting, despite LeBron missing a month and missing two weeks earlier in the year, and despite Anthony Davis missing a month, since the 2-10 and 10 start, they are 30, 36 and 28. They have had one of the three best defenses in the league since the trade deadline and arrested LeBron but that month off, if he doesn't re-injure that foot, is a dangerous team. Next. All right. <clears throat> so while you're gone, Jokic beat Giannis in the Bucks. Mm -hmm. By the way, have yeah. you seen Giannis's tweet? Uh uh. About the trend that he started? Oh, about the cross leg? Yeah. Thing? Yeah, I did. Um, I thought that was pretty funny. By the way, that is something. Team chemistry matters. Guys liking each other matters. Mm -hmm. And the Bucks lead the league in that. Yeah. In good vibes. 
And on a playoff run, that absolutely matters. But go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so he also beat Philly. He being Jokic. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Jokic beat Philly. Yep. But Embiid sat out and didn't even join the team on the bench. Mm-hmm. Seems like Embiid couldn't rise to the challenge. That's not true. But go ahead. Denver has big games against the Suns and Warriors over the final stretch. Even you now have to admit that Jokic is in the driver's seat for this MVP thing. Okay. I don't think he's in the driver's seat. Tim Bontemps just released his updated straw poll. It is. Basically dead even. It was a weird thing. Jokic got the most first place votes in Bontemps straw poll, but Embiid was the winner because you get points for first, second, third, you know, and so in, Jokic had more thirds. Embiid was basically first or second Everything, on right. enough ballots that it over and it, Jokic had a few thirds. Uh, it it really I didn't, I don't think Giannis should be discounted. Right. I mean, last night I know Drew Holiday had fifty one. Giannis also had a thirty seven point triple double. Um, I don't think Giannis should be discounted in this. I don't, I actually give Embiid credit for putting team success above the MVP. By sitting out? Yeah, Yeah. because the medical staff clearly thought he needed the game off because he's been dealing with something. He knew, because he already cooked up Jokic in their first meeting. If he did it a second time, he could have basically, I think, eliminated Jokic from the conversation. He didn't. His team loses, but Embiid was very good last night, and they beat the Mavs. I feel like you got to go out there and kill him on that. <laughs> well, I listen. I understand that. Any it, other game, sit out. I just, I just, I didn't sit out the next game. No, of course, <laughs> I, I get it. I think the, but I understand that that is Embiid showing the world, like I am really focused on winning. And here's right. the thing: Embiid's never made round three. Not the finals. He's never made a conference finals. He's got to break through. The best players in league history to never make a conference finals. It's like Dominique Wilkins and Bernard King. They, they, they who were Hall of Famers. Right. But Bernard's career was derailed due to injury. Dominique was in the East in the 80s, had to deal with Bird and the and Michael and this Pistons. Like it was a brutal spot. They weren't guys finishing in the top two MVP three straight years. And so Right now, I think the ballot should be Embiid by a hair over Giannis, then a bit of a gap, and then Jokic. But we'll see how it will. will, It is going to come down to the final week. It's going to come down to the final week. All right, next. Let's see. All right, last week, Luka said he no. Luka Doncic said he no no longer feels the same joy while playing, playing my tiny violin. Mm -hmm. The Mavericks have lost eight out of their last eleven games and now sit at the eleventh seed in the West. Is there any light at the end of this tunnel for your Slovenian son? It's not great, man. I said the little mini violin thing. I feel bad for him. I'm sorry. No, that, that's listen, sucks. man. It's not good. I can't put it all on Kyrie. Ky- listen, Wait, that's really funny. The timing of that. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's obviously he obviously hasn't helped. That is such funny timing. Well, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I can't put it all on Kyrie. I can put some on Kyrie. Also. <laughs> Kyrie, it seemed like yesterday tried to have another fan kicked out of the game. Yeah, definitely. What are your thoughts on this? Um, I don't. So, so let me let me give you mine and go, and then I think that there has to be something very extreme said, like the LeBron situation about his son when he had the lady kicked out. But like, so just like, so here's level A. I don't know what these fans are saying to Kyrie. I know a few games ago he had someone kicked out. I know Russ had someone kicked out 
yesterday. And I know Kyrie got into it with a fan yesterday, and then the rest say it to in, my face. And they did. That, that might have been a different. They didn't scenario. kick him out. Here's here's the thing. Obviously, there are lines you cannot cross. And I, without knowing what anybody said, I don't want to like blindly defend any of these fans. I also am, if I am being honest, if I saw Steph Curry, John Morant, or Joel Embiid demand a fan be ejected, you think it was? I would great. assume the fan deserved to be ejected. Right. When I when it's Russ or Kyrie, I'm not certain. <laughs> if it was objectable. I'm just not. Not too much credibility there. Huh? Like, if, if if somebody calls Westbrook Westbrook, they don't get ejected from the game. Right. Now, you can say that's a toxic part of sports. And I, I, I fine. But the, <laughs> this part of, I think, maybe it shouldn't be. Maybe this is me. I'm going to look back on this and say, oh, that was a dumb take of mine years from now. We're more evolved and better. I don't know. Part of being a pro athlete and part of what defines the greats is being able to deal with the hostile road environment. Now, there are, we know there are lines, and you should never invoke someone's family. You should never invoke someone's creed, race, you know, any of those things. And I would argue that you should get, it should be close to a zero tolerance policy on obscene profanity, not because the athletes are offended, but because we no. still want to be able to bring kids to the right. game. And, and it's just, you know, no, in, a zero tolerance policy for any hate speech. Right. And profanity, I, I, I it's embarrassing, in my opinion, for the, the person fan. doing right. it. And there should be, you know, but consistent taunting is allowed. Yeah. So I got to know, like, if someone says, like, to Kyrie, Kyrie, every team hates you. Kyrie, <laughs> you're not getting your money. Kyrie, oh, those things. I don't think you should be kicked out for that. Do you agree? Yeah. 100%. I, and I just. It, it look at the people that it is coming. I see where you're going with the with like, the Westbrook and the Kyrie thing. Look, these people, Russ Westbrook, yeah. Westbrook. I understand a little bit more because, like, I feel like he doesn't really bring it to himself because it's people make fun of him because of the, of his play. With Kyrie, it's like outside stuff yeah. that he's kind of like brought on himself. So it's like, uh, but either way, I had enough of it. Again, you, I think you are allowed to make fun of guys for their play. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, would, no. I don't do it. I, I I think it's kind of embarrassing for an adult to do. Right. It, but I don't think that is ejectable behavior. Right. So again, I don't Bought know the tickets because you're that into the game. Right. You want to yeah. correct. And I again, I don't know what was said. So this is more of a generic conversation than a specific conversation. Um, like I think if you say to whomever you effing suck. That should be a warning. Stop with the profanity or you're out of here. Right. I think if you yell, West Brick, you're the worst shooter in the league, you shouldn't even get talked to. Right. I think that's totally imbalanced. I think if you say something about, you know, someone's wife or kid, you're out. You know what I mean? You say something racial, you're out. 
You make fun of Kyrie's religion, you're out. Those, all those things to me, I don't think anyone disagrees with it. And again, maybe that's what was happening here. Right. But I yes. have my doubts. <laughs> I have my doubts when I would not have doubts if Steph Curry pointed and said that person's got to go. Right. I would just know. Okay, they. You know what I mean? Like, there's. Does it not seem like the whole league loves Steph Curry though? Oh, I, I mean, he's one like of the most Steph... popular players in the league for sure. Yeah, who's uh, really? But hell, even if it was James Harden, who everyone does not like, he's a polarizing player. Right. If, it seems like James Harden doesn't give a damn. Though. I agree. <laughs> Which is why I'm saying if he said someone's got to be kicked out, right? Then and again, maybe. Maybe it's going to come out. These guys said something horrible and it makes total sense. It just has hit my radar. Seems to be a lot more. Have fans gotten way worse or have certain players gotten more sensitive? I think that's a fair question. Ever since that mood swing post-conference, post-game conference Kyrie had, that's right up his alley to to kick a fan out. It it seems like it. And it's like, he's like, you know, they call me out my name. And I'm going to look them in their eye and see if they're really about it. And it's like, definitely not about it. (laughs) They definitely are taking advantage of the fact that you are performing and they think it is part of the fan experience to be a drunk idiot. Now, again, if we want to say tomatoes are about it at, at, at comedy shows. Oh, are they? I mean, I feel like they are. No, they I not actually like do that. Like, is that no, an old thing? That's an old thing, buddy. There's not. They, I mean, it, nowadays it's not tomatoes. It's like shoes and stuff. No, there's no They're shoes being stuff. thrown at comedy shows. Yes, there are. No, not in modern society. That you're watching like old Eddie Murphy movies set in 1930s. Like, no, there's not. No one's throwing fruit at bad comics in modern society. Do you just watch Gangs in New York or something? Okay, or concerts. I don't think people, okay, I don't think in modern society people are throwing things on stage. I don't and, know where you where you think you are right now. Um, they okay. are throwing stuff, 100%. They are throwing stuff in the crowd. Okay. Uh, not in the crowd, but on stage. Okay, I'm going to need to see some evidence. I mean, the baby got an Adidas shoe thrown at him. I, oh, and that's the baby. No, but that's out of bounds. That person's got to be thrown out. Oh, okay. I'm saying that's not allowed, and I don't think it happens. Somebody says, weren't we talking about Luca? Listen, I'm, I was trying to filibuster tonight. I've talked about the fact the guy picked to win league MVP and go to the finals, might miss the plane entirely. It's not great for my guy, Luca. We did a 40-minute A block. Let's take a quick break and come back. Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, 
blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook, or clean up. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright. 50 and use code NickWright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code NickWright50 at factormeals.com slash NickWright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, welcome back in episode 138, What's Right with Nick Wright. Don't forget your listener questions for me or for Demonze. Put them in the chat right now on YouTube, and we will get to them in the next segment. We'll try to do a quicker segment here since we did a 40-minute A block. When this show was originally created, it the was, whole show was, the entire show was supposed to be 40 minutes. Yeah. It was supposed to be 16-minute A block, 16-minute B block, and an eight-minute final segment we've wandered off in a good we've way. wandered off remember there used to be a buzzer we used to do yeah. we used to have little sound drops the, of yeah. sisters saying hurry up daddy that scrapped those yeah we scrapped them all <laughs> right uh what are we doing conspiracy corner all right man yes conspiracy corner with nba techs yeah all right man so you know oh was... look at the picture jeez what the hell I, are you doing I, to me, I like that picture uh, that's good you know how much i hate refs making everything about themselves yeah we're at the point to where stars are closing in or passing on the 16th tech threshold. All right, let me just explain it to the audience. In the regular season, if you get 16 technical mm-hmm. fouls, you get suspended for a game. After that, every other tech gets you suspended. So you get a one-game suspension for your 16th, 18th, 20th, etc. That's how it works. Gotcha. So Dylan Brooks has been suspended. Draymond has been suspended and picked up another one. There's somebody else. I forget who, but keep going. Uh. There's some I, I'm thinking, yeah. but, but there's some suspicious stuff going on with who's getting called for what. Mm-hmm. It's time for Demonze's conspiracy corner. Do you think the league is doing too much to prevent big names from being teed up? Oh, Luca's the other one. Luca, yeah, that, yeah, Luca was, got a tech and then had it rescinded because he was going to be suspended. Oh. The, the next day, the league's rescinded his technical. That's what we're doing. So here's corner. what I think. I think Draymond is the perfect example of guys understanding they get away with basically everything once they get their first technical foul because refs don't want to throw them out. So in that game against the Pelicans, Draymond got a technical on a and a flagrant on the same play. Talking about when he got subbed at when Kerr subbed him. No, oh, no, no, no. He got a technical scenario. and a flagrant on the same play. Tail end of the first half. He then, in the second half, picked up an immediate fourth foul. And the rest of the game just played like a lunatic and was incredibly effective and was daring the refs to call him for a fifth foul and daring the refs. And we saw in the Dallas game, he had five fouls and he just took license to essentially foul on every play, saying, You won't foul me out. In the Pelicans game, he kicked Herb Jones in the head. When he already had a technical, he would have always gotten a technical for that previously, but because the refs didn't want to throw him out. So it's a weird spot where Draymond and Luka does this to a degree as well. They act so incredulous and angry the whole game that they raise the standard of what it takes for attack. And once they get their first, 
They are daring the refs to give them a second and kick them out. And if the refs let you get away with it, they let you get away with it. And so I do think the NBA doesn't want these guys suspended, which is also why I don't know that you have to have the 16 tech. Exactly. I was just about to say, what's the point in putting that rule there if it's never going to be used? Well, like somebody has to be made an example. Okay. So the reason the rule exists (laughs) is because Rashid Wallace, you vaguely remember him. Um, he got 41 texts in a season. <laughs> now, the refs hated him, and he did some of it to himself. Also, probably a different time. That is 20 years ago. That's just, yeah. Um, but he got, so that's like, that is like the unbreakable NBA record because you would have been suspended for 20 games, like over the course of it. It never happened again, but he got 41 texts in a season. All right, next. What are we doing here? Um, hold on. Right, a game, right or wrong? Yeah, no, no, no. Sorry, we're playing yeah. right or wrong today. Uh, so we got Rodgers versus Green Bay. It's getting pretty ugly with them going back and forth, blaming each other. Mm-hmm. But it seems like the Packers are just saying the truth, and Rodgers is misleading people. Right or wrong, you can still trust Aaron Rodgers. Wrong. Yeah, he's lost all credibility. Yeah, he keeps saying all he wants is direct communication, and then Gutenkunz is like, "Dude, won't answer our calls or texts." <laughs> I mean, I. I just don't find him to be a credible narrator of anything. Of anything. I think there's some long-lasting effects of the ayahuasca, and he's got like a little bit of a misconception on how society works. Uh, Maybe. And also, by the way, the ayahuasca thing. uh, I'm going to sound judgmental here. It seemed less impressive to me and like evolved once I heard he did it with Jake Paul. Jake Paul was with him, according to Jake Paul, doing the ayahuasca. Like, come on, man. Like, come on, man. And the it, it just, he... Can't be too much of an awakening around Jake that's Paul. That's my thought. <laughs> Those are my thoughts. I just, but the whole, all I care about is direct communication. All I care about is direct communication. I won't answer my calls and texts. I'm not a fan of it. Just flatly not a fan of it. Yeah. Next. Uh, at the league meeting, Kyle Shanahan said that once healthy, Brock Purdy is 49ers quarterback. I feel like I called this earlier. You did. I, I feel like I did. I don't know. You did. Uh, but, however, he hasn't given up on Trey Lance just yet. The old adage is if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Right or wrong, the 49ers have a quarterback problem. I mean, I think it's right. And I. What do you think you could get for Trey Lance? Not much now. Not if you're publicly saying Brock Purdy has beat him out. I mean, or build up the stock for Brock Purdy, offer to trade him. I don't. I mean, the 49ers the don't even need pieces. I don't <laughs> think the league wants Brock Purdy. Yeah. I The league had a chance to get him, and everyone passed on him at <laughs> yeah. every single one of their draft picks. And in my opinion, he didn't really light the world on fire with San Francisco. I know he played well. I, I team's I, too good. I, I just, I obviously have not seen Trey Lance much. No one has. But it is such an investment to not try to see what he can do and what the offense can look like with him if he's healthy. To me, would be crazy, like a even legitimately stupid. crazy. Yeah. So i I think Brock Purdy is they're in the same spot as with Jimmy Garoppolo. You're just getting replacement level quarterback play. Um, and I'd be worried about s- surgery on your elbow and your throwing arm. Yeah. Yeah. You, you didn't like. It's not like you had a rocket arm before that. 
I'd want to see what I have with Trey Lance. Next. All right. It seems as, as if Dame time may be coming to an end in Portland. Shams reported he, expected, he expects potential offseason trade talks. Right or wrong, Dame has played his last game as a trailblazer. It's a little late, bud. What do you mean? What do you mean? It's a Should have been late? left Portland. Well, yeah. Listen, do you know what Dame's numbers are this year? Like, give me a guess on how many points you think he's averaging per game. He's played 58 games. How many points? 26. 32. I was going to say 32. The original was th- that's crazy. He's averaging 32 points, five rebounds, seven assists. How bad, Dave? It's not too late. They, well, no, but here's the, it is too late. Because he's averaging 32, five, and seven. And here's the entire list of teams the Blazers have a better record than. The Rockets, the Spurs, the Pistons, the Hornets. That's the list. That's it. So. Are you saying, like, who needs him? No. I'm saying, like, it'd be one thing if it's like, ah, we just can't break through to a championship. You you can't break through to the play-in. Oh, yeah. And it's not Dame's (sighs) fault. Listen, there is one team and one team only. That because here's the thing, the problem for Dame. What team could trade for him and still be a champion contender? You understand what I mean? Like what team would not have to give up so much that they're they're still a champion contender? I said there's one team. So it's like, oh, the Knicks. Not a contender. Sorry. The trade RJ Barrett. Maybe they'll do it. I mean, they'd be good, Dame, but Dame and Jalen Brunson, your entire your backcourt, both are six one or under. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think that's a recipe. Uh the look in the West, like who could trade for him? Could uh, the Pelicans maybe? The Pelicans, but then you're relying on Brand, on Zion being healthy. You have to trade Brandon Ingram. Oh, the Thunder. The Thunder are an interesting one. They definitely could trade for him. I don't know if they'd be a contender immediately. But they're, you know, Dame and Shea. That's interesting. There's two Eastern Conference teams that should be calling repeatedly. The Nets? No. No? No, no, no. The first one is Boston. Jalen Brown is given a lot of... He's gone. It seems like he's gone. And that's the best the Blazers could do. Mm -hmm. Get Jalen Brown and a couple draft picks. That would be perfect for Boston perfect for Boston, and you can win the title. Mm-hmm. You have enough defense that even the downgrade from Brown to Dame, you're fine, yeah. and you can win the title. The perfect fit is Philly. Philly trades Tobias Harris, Maxi, and every pick they have available to them. Dame and Embiid would be perfect. Dame stretches the defense out so far. Mm-hmm. Harden, if he stays, can run point. Even if Harden leaves, I still think they would be deadly. Uh, that, would be, that would be a fun team. That would be a fun 2K, team, man. man. Oh, on 2K? <laughs> but Boston is, to me, a really intriguing one. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I understand Dame has said, like, you know, I'm not trying to ring Chase. I'm trying to build it. All these things. I get all that. And he can do whatever he wants. But if your team can't even make the play-in and you're having a career season, 
And it's not like they have these, it's Shaden Sharp's fine. They just, they haven't been able to build a quality defense the whole time he's been there. They made one conference finals a few years ago, and that's, that's it. All right, next. All right, if you needed one guy at his apex for one game or one series, who would it be? Yesterday on the herd, you said you consider Shaq. Right or wrong, Shaq would be the number one pick. So this is a take I've had for a while, and this is a fun game to play, which is who is, and I think the answer is right, who is helped and who is hurt the most in all-time rankings by this specific question. So if we are ranking guys like on my, my 50 players list, right? So I'll give you a guy who did not make the list, was not even really that strongly considered for the list, but would probably be a top 25 pick for this question. I get him at his absolute apex, Tracy McGrady. Tracy McGrady, his absolute apex, was neck and neck with Kobe for the best perimeter player for a couple of years. But he ne- didn't stay there, had dealt with injuries, didn't have playoff success, he plummets. Who's hurt the most by this? Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan, I had number five on my list. But there are 15 guys that I would take above him if you're telling me I get their absolute apex. So why would Shaq be my answer that Shaq is my guy at his absolute apex over LeBron, over Jordan, over everyone else? Wilds, when I was talking to him about this, he mentioned Steph. Here's the thing. Any perimeter player, if your entire plan is to take them out of the game, you can to a degree. If you're willing to play four on three, you can just double them the length of the court, and they're done. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like the Now, you probably lose because you're playing four on three against NBA players, but Wilds was like, so you're telling me I get on fire Steph? Why would I not take that? And the answer is because I can just prevent him from getting the ball. LeBron has shown throughout his career, if you double him, he is going to find the open man. Mm -hmm. Shaq, at his apex, was doubled every play. And this is what I want to remind people of. Shaquille O'Neal's apex was those three straight finals with the Lakers. The first finals against the Pacers, he averaged 38, 17, and 3 with three blocks a game. His next finals against the Sixers, who had the defensive player of the year, Dikembe Mutombo, playing center. He averaged 33, 16, and 5. Slowed him down a bit. With four blocks per game. (laughs) The next finals against the Nets, he averaged 36, 13, and 4. With three blocks per game. So Shaquille O'Neal, over the course of three finals, this is what he did. He gave you 44 minutes per night. He averaged 36 points per game. He averaged 15 rebounds per game, four assists, and three blocks. Over three consecutive finals. He's my number one pick. My picks would be Shaq one. Bron 2, Jordan 3, for peak of their power, NBA history for one game or one series. Now that like that does not mean that they are the that that is the all-time rankings. Uh, who else 
trying to think like modern. So like of current players, guys who are like really helped by this is a guy like Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. An A triple plus Donovan Mitchell game. He ranks way higher than his actual ranking. A guy who's hurt by this is Jokic. You know what I mean? Like, because his highs aren't as high, but he's so consistent. Right. So I think Tatum is hurt a bit by this. Tatum's probably a top five player, but I don't think there's five. I think there's more than five guys. That is Apex? Well, I take Giannis. That's him, in the, that's him versus the Bucks last year, huh? Yeah. I But I, I think, so maybe he stays about where he is. Yeah. Maybe that's about right. Maybe he stays about where he is. Uh, I'm trying to think of who is a guy who is hurt by this as far as his I you know what at in this right now we'll see if it changes in the playoffs LeBron's probably hurt by this a bit cuz LeBron doesn't have those like monster games yeah. so much anymore uh but it's a fun conversation to me and it's a different conversation than the greatest players ever all right next all right, Bronny James took, some, took himself to a whole new level in the McDonald's All-American game. Yet, he's still not committed to any school for next year. Right or wrong, Bronny will be, be a Trojan. Uh, I don't know. And I, I don't have an answer on this. I know he crushed. I mean, I got to give this kid credit, man. I mean, he's like turned himself into a legit top 10 prospect. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. He's he's evened out his shot. He's got these great instincts. I saw somebody say he has his dad's athleticism, and somebody correctly said on Twitter, no one currently alive has LeBron's athleticism, including <laughs> LeBron anymore. The, which is which is accurate. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, I don't know where he's going to go. I do think it'll add some breadcrumbs to where LeBron's going to go. Right. I do think that. All right, um, we got one more. As you guys all know, DeMonte was off last week looking for a place in Los Angeles. Uh, right or wrong, DeMonte has already gone Hollywood, and this is a YouTube exclusive where we're going to show you guys something that I don't know if you guys are ready for. Has DeMonte already gone Hollywood? And we had to crop that picture because we weren't sure if you were pulling the LeBron and just naked under a towel. <laughs> but you're in a parking lot. Showing off your body on Instagram. Hey. Uh, oh, there it is. There's LeBron and DeMonte in the steam room. I do got to say, you're in great shape, buddy. I'm happy for you. You look great. I was surprised to see that on IG. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, I don't really I don't really post on there because, you know, I do the podcast. So I haven't really found my middle ground as far as whenever I post something, I feel like people look at it like. Uh, like you're a public figure. What? Oh, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Is that what you were going to say? No, I was just going to say, like, I feel like when you see me on this podcast, you don't really expect me to post something like that. It's like, right. Uh, yes, it, it's, you know, the, it's the private life, public life. Exactly. But that was me before. Like, I mean, a long time ago, I guess I kind of like, but it's uh yeah. What um, do you mean? That was that was that was taken this week. Yeah, but I'm saying that. Oh, that's how you posted ex- exactly. prior to oh, doing the exactly. Pod. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, are you like, you're posting old pictures on Instagram? <laughs> like, no. look at how good I used to look. <laughs> um, okay, no, that's fair. All right. Uh, I hear we have a surprise package to open and we answer your listener questions. That's next. What's right? 
What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. All right, welcome back in episode 138, one of our longest episodes ever. It's great to have Demonze back. I think this might be your best performance. You've done a great job. Before we get to the listener questions, you guys have a surprise for me. All right, so it's obviously been a while since football season ended. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But all the success from the Chiefs and the Jaguars gave you a really big hit. Okay. So we've got the perfect thing for that. My hat? My finally? Oh, custom? I didn't even know. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I see what I was supposed to do. Oh, that's how they work. Oh, we've we've got got the big hats. All right, while Demonze gets these put together and then I'll put them on, I'm going to... Read some listener questions because this is going to take a minute. Try not to break them. Don't break them. Uh, Negative four and two said, which teams would be ideal in signing Zeke from both perspectives? That's an interesting one. I His market is not going to be that strong. I, You know what? I shouldn't have read that question because I hadn't really thought about it that much. Detroit, maybe, because Jamal Williams is gone. But I haven't really, you know what? I'm just going to be totally honest. I haven't been studying teams running back depth charts post-free agency, so I don't have an answer to that. Sorry, negative four and two. Ronnie Lucente said, Nick, what do you think about Bronny, and what do you think is the best route for him and LeBron to play together, both league-wise and father-wise? Well, here is the other interesting thing about Bronny. Once upon a time, I felt LeBron was saying, you know, I'm going to go to wherever Bronny gets drafted by as a way to ensure Bronny gets drafted. But if Bronny keeps this upward trajectory, he might be a lottery pick, in which case a bad team would be drafting him, in which case I don't know if LeBron wants to do that. So that's a, it, it's kind of a fascinating thing. I don't know. I know they he wants to play with him. I don't know what the exact plan is, to be totally honest. Next, uh, Nick, though you don't believe in the Nuggets, Oh, you have them with a small slice of championship pie. What does Denver path to a championship looks like? Denver's path to a championship looks like this. They're obviously the one seed. They get Minnesota in round one and beat them. They then, in round two, get the Suns or the Clippers, both of which are dealing with injuries, and they beat them. And in round three, 
they get Sacramento and Sabonis can't deal with Jokic. That's their path. Now I'm putting on the what's right hat. This is awesome. Yeah. This is great. And I'm wearing the Prince that was promised hat at work. These big hats are sweet, man. Oh, yeah. See, I, I gave you that one because it didn't match my fit. So, Oh, that's fine. You can wear the Prince that was promised. You're a Trevor Lawrence guy nowadays. Uh, go ahead. Average player asks, do you think the Nuggets should trade Michael Porter Jr. and Murray for Dame? Well, that trade wouldn't work, and I don't think the I, – I think the Blazers are going to want draft picks. I think the Blazers can do better than Michael Porter Jr. Uh, Henry Miller said, never participated in book, book club before A Little History of the World, but I really enjoyed reading it week to week with you guys. Do you have any other book recommendations? I will – we'll pick that up again okay. probably post-NBA. What, you have a book, right? I rack? have a book for you guys. Okay. Um, What's that? Title's a little long. Okay, let, while you're looking it up, I'll read this. Do you play the FUT champions on FIFA 23? Uh, I did not. I, I I have not played it, so I didn't. I can't tell you what the max uh, wins I got in 20 wins. What's the book? Is this a book you've read, Demase? No. Um, then why the animal kingdom is full of con artists? I don't think that's what the book is called. But let me see. It might actually. It's in the. It's in the New Yorker. It's. It's. I, I talked about it with Nana a lot in Aruba. It's pretty funny. Oh, okay. Pretty funny and very interesting. Like some, <clears throat> some birds have like warning calls. Like it's basically about how the animals they they lie and then they cheat. Are and you steal. sure? It's like is humans. This, is this a book or is it's, this? I think it's like you go down to a book. Like there's there's a book on there, or maybe it's just a. But Nana said that it was a book that she she wanted. Oh, okay. Abbreviated version of Bates' story in his new book, "The Liars of Nature and the Nature of Liars." Yes. That's that's the book. You definitely should get it. Um, there's a little anecdote about uh, this bird that has like a warning call and where other birds are eating. It sends out the warning call so they think that there's danger amongst them. And then he goes and gets the food. Really? Yeah. Okay, awesome. I will. It's like a bunch of animals that have like created these. Ways I love it. To deceive other animals that works in their favor. I'm obviously. in. I'm texting myself the link to it. Um, um, okay, I'll great. You're getting a phone call from Kansas. We have to go. This was a great show. Uh, yeah, there it is. Liars of Nature and the Nature of Liars. See you guys on Tuesday. What's right?